Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right leftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen, feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 24. I'm Connor Murphy with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, but I'm freezing to death. We've dropped 40 degrees since yesterday at this time. Yeah, it's very cool and rainy here, too. I'm sitting here with a jacket on, as a matter of fact. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's raining here also. I want summer back. I want summer back. I didn't really feel like I got much of a summer. We've had an unusually cool summer, Mm -hmm. if you could call it that. We had a hot one. Yep. Unusually hot. Yeah. What what are we talking about today? Well, we might be cold and chilly, but, you know, it's not cold and chilly out there. We got uh-huh. some pretty hot items today. Good. First of all, a little breaking news. Nelson Peltz, philanthropist, billionaire, worth, I don't know, about a billion and a half dollars. He put in a bid for Procter & Gamble. Um, to sit on their board. Uh, he is a longtime supporter of Jewish causes, and he gave an extraordinary amount of money for the inaugura- inauguration of George W. Bush. The board of, or the shareholders, have, re- have rejected his bid. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of politics involved here. You know, there's a lot of bleed over lately, and um, he, I don't know which would bother them most, his support of Jewish causes or his support of George W. Bush. I really don't know, but um, there's not a good logical answer about why the shareholders would have rejected his bid. Yeah. But that was interesting. Well... I don't think we're actually going to know that unless we were sitting on that board. I mean, who knows? Maybe they just don't like the guy. Well, that's that's good point. Good point. Do they need a, a reason to reject him? I don't know. No, I don't think they really need one, but it um, makes for interesting conversation. Yes. So. yes, here we are yeah, talking and, and, about it. Right? Yeah, here we are talking about it, you know, and it's like I said, it, you know, politics have found their way to the football field. It's found their way to ESPN. Um, just an update on Jamel Hill. I told you yesterday, just as we were going off the air Breaking news right. came through that she was getting suspended for two weeks, and she's gotten she's getting suspended, or she wasn't on the air last night, so I guess it already started for making a remark about Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys. She suggested that his advertisers. This is really kind of funny. 
boycott the Cowboys. <laughs> well, that would be boycotting ESPN since they have some of the contracts for the football games. Yeah, I could see I mean, why they. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah no, no thought went into that, did it? No, but um, her cohort, her co-host, uh, wouldn't go in the air either last night without her. And so they said, fine, <laughs> you know, if you don't want to, we're still we're still going to suspend her. So, yeah, I wonder you know, if that was really worth it. She should have been suspended over what she said about the president. You know, that that was really did not that was really bad to call him a, neo-Nazi white supremacist and apparently she got in trouble 10 years ago for Nazifying another situation. I, I mean, those people that keep throwing out the Nazi thing really drive me crazy because, you know, Hitler's Nazi Germany was really horrible. Right. And sometimes to compare things to Nazi Germany is to minimize what took place for those that suffered through the atrocities. Right. So I think it is very disrespectful to constantly compare things to it that clearly are not that serious. Right. And that's just stooping as low as low gets because I probably would guess there's nothing that could probably be worse as being called a Nazi. No, no, and and we all know that, and so that's why people do it. Yeah, take the low shot. It also, on the other hand, for many Jews and others, it minimizes what their family members went through. So we kind of have to think about that also. Yeah, absolutely. If we want to be good stewards, you know, and good, nice people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going along the lines of what we talked about yesterday, that we felt like that there might be a credible threat November 4th for a uprising that might include Black Lives Matters, um, Antifa, and others. I'm going to say others because there's other groups that um, haven't necessarily been named. The FBI has came out today and as citing reasonable belief that there are threats from black extremist groups. Now, they are most concerned about threats to um, law enforcement. Nevertheless, the report specifically targets black activist groups. So they do not particularly give November 4th, they often won't give a date. The FBI won't because a lot of times the dates are out there and by design are out there to throw us off. Yeah, or to have an element of surprise, they advertise one date and here it is before then or after that date. Exactly, exactly. Now that would... You know, that November 4th day would be, you know, make it a year since the election that week. And that is a Saturday. So it would be relatively symbolic. They love symbolism. I mean, all terrorist groups. I've never seen a terrorist group yet that did not like symbolism. Right. They love it. Yeah, I agree there. So another interesting thing that I hate to bring up, but... 
I'm going to anyway. Julian Assange from WikiLeaks. Yes. Claims that there is a link between the Las Vegas shooting and the FBI. Now, I don't believe that. I don't believe that our FBI is that kind of corrupt. Whatever you think of him, though, there's a lot of times, I don't want to say it, but there's a lot of times a shred of credibility to what he says. Right. As I grit my teeth saying it. Because he's caused a lot of problems, and I personally do not believe the FBI is corrupt. Well, the conversation over turkey dinner yesterday was everybody's suspicious on this Vegas shooter. And there's some things that just don't sit right with a lot of people. And one of the theories that was thrown out there that this guy was actually part of the CIA, which would kind of explain a few of the questions that we do have if that was the case but will we ever find out no well and julian Assange or those around him brought up the point that the fbi has been known to put guns in the hands of the mentally ill now i would not think in this administration that would happen But, you know, perhaps this administration has not completely gained control of the FBI. We know that there was accusations of such, especially with the Mexican drug drug lords during the Obama administration. There was a lot of accusations and there was evidence that guns were given to the, in fact, the FBI actually admitted it. There were guns given to drug lords, and they killed at least one of our Border Patrol people and others. That was all part of the Fast and Furious. This guy, a song, and I I heard a tape from another guy, suggested that the FBI sometimes has given guns to people that are unstable. Um, I don't really get why they would do that so without i i understood what happened in the mexican drug lords i understood sort of why they did it i would have never done it and i thought it was stupid i can't even rationalize this in any way yeah i have a hard time believing that i mean i i would have an easier time believing that the some of the fbi is mentally unstable and has guns (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, well, but it, another, it is true. That's another story for another day. <laughs> well. that's, you know, but it is, I mean, conspiracy theories are running amok. And, you know, and oh. I, like I said, I sometimes yeah. I think that um, that is loosely used term. But the latest one is really, it's, it's almost funny because. Former Senator Ron Paul is warning more about a shadow government. Now, we've been talking about a shadow government, and and I believe in it, and I believe it is not such a conspiracy theory, and it's not as wild as everybody wants to make it out to be. However, Ron Paul says that the CIA will assassinate Trump. Now, I think that's hogwash. What I think is interesting about this story is that his son, Rand Paul, is the senator from Kentucky, who is also a libertarian like his father, 
he is one of the senators that keep rejecting all the bills that have been put before the Senate. Right. Now, he's one that they don't even plan on trying to convince otherwise because he's a libertarian and, you know, he doesn't want the health care thing. He doesn't want any health care, basically. He doesn't want to have tax cuts. So they just kind of plan on him not voting with it. Although he really does like the president and the president likes him. But what if your father's out running around saying the CIA is going to kill the president? Right. Is he just putting it out there? Yeah. I mean, why... What's that going to do to his son's credibility? Yeah, never mind his own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I always kind of think that, you know, if he wants to ruin his own, okay, but his son, that's just kind of, I don't know, sad. Yeah. It is, it's sad. Well, there's a lot of finger pointing and public fighting on Twitter that goes on almost daily, and it's so childish sometimes. Most of the times it is. These guys, when, you know, I'm talking, of course, about Trump and some of his arguments on Twitter with people that, why would you bother? Just why? I, you know, I, I understand, but it ends up oftentimes working out for him. You know, I know you're talking a little bit about his recent argument with um, Bob Corker. Right. Um, you know, Bob Corker would anger me too. I don't know if I would do it on Twitter, but if if I thought it was to my benefit, I would. And and I can't help but think that Trump doesn't believe it's to his benefit. And oftentimes it isn't his benefit, even though we're out here just, you know, shaking our heads, rubbing our temples. Well, I mean, uh, what did he say exactly that uh, it was like a daycare over there? Well, when you yeah. join in the fight and you do it publicly on Twitter, guess what? You know, you're, you're part probably, of the daycare. Yeah, exactly. It's nap time. You know, have your milk and cookies, go sit in a corner, go lie down, have your nap, and your mommy will be by later to pick you up. And the, and, and it's true. Corker, first of all, wanted to be Secretary of State. And um, Trump said, not no, but hell no. <laughs> okay. Then he wanted Trump to support his rebid for office. Okay, and Trump said, no, he said, you agreed and worked very closely with the the Democrats over the Iran deal. So absolutely not. Right. Well, so then Corker, knowing, I mean, these guys have private pollsters, okay, Uh, that don't often find the same things as the CNN polls and NBC polls. And he he decided not to run again. I mean, he saw that if he does not have the support of the president, he's not going to win his district. Now, of course, that's not true for every district, but many districts it is. I believe you're going to see more incumbents removed from office in 2018 than ever before, but they're going to go with the Republican Party. There's just going to be new guys. There's going to be primaries. There's going to be new people out there to take on these old guys that aren't getting anything done. Yeah, well, they have to. Well, yeah. And the old boys club is over. Now, 
that brings us to this very interesting thing. I kind of wonder if they're trying to talk to Trump, maybe trying to convince Trump that he needs the old boys club because oh, they sure. sit in the biggest old boy they could today. And that was uh, Dr. Henry Kissinger. He's still alive. <laughs> well, yeah, he looked, he, he looked like he had a pulse to me. Yeah, he's got to be 150. You know, he's probably pretty old. I've lost track of how old he is, but he's old. He is. But, you know, Henry Kissinger, there, he's brilliant. He was brilliant. He is brilliant. But talk about a globalist part of the old establishment. I mean, he's so far back in the old establishment. You know, he's part of the Nixon administration. Right. You know, I remember his work was so brilliant at the time. People wondered if he was the Antichrist. There were people, there were, I remember articles. I was just a very small kid, you know, thinking, uh, claiming that his wife had found a birthmark in his hair of 666. Okay. When when you don't have conspiracy theories, you got to make something up, I guess. <laughs> You know, and the Nixon administration was such a mess. He was, he maybe he looked better than he really was. He just wasn't corrupt, you know. And they thought, you know, because you know the belief is that the Antichrist will come in and do all these wonderful things, and then turn around and do really bad things. But the one thing that the that he would be would be a globalist. You know, Satan would want globalism. So, <laughs> yeah, he'd want the whole world, not just yeah, the U.S. No, he would not yeah. just want the U.S., but, you know, he would might rise up from the U.S. But, you know, and I'm, I'm laughing, but this is a very serious thing to a lot of people. What do you, so, think, what do you think they're discussing? I think that he, they have sent him in, and when I mean they, I mean the swamp, the good old boys that we have talked about that are part of the, part of the shadow government— that really make all the decisions and use the have used the presidency in the past as a puppet. I think they sent him in to talk to the president about believing in them or the fact that he needs them to get anything done. Yeah, I I definitely see that, and I I you know I would guess that that is what the discussion was because I can't really see what they would have been talking about other than that you know maybe north korea but i i don't know you know henry kissinger was certainly excellent as a around the world like a diplomat he was a diplomat as secretary of state but his forte was china and russia right so that does open the door. They could be talking about. Well, know, they could be talking about either one. All of those but, things. Yeah. But you got to also remember that has been, what, 45 years ago? And not that he hasn't worked at think tanks and, and uh, you know, he's kept up on what's going on. But um, I, I still think it's more about the guy that has been seen pretty much every time at Bilderberg and um, many of these meetings where 
these globalists that are crusaders for the new world order. Ben, I I think it's more about that. And he is certainly a man that Trump would respect. So he would listen. Trump would listen. But I think there's not a chance in hell that he decides to conform to anything that the old boys club, you know, which is really not much more than a fraternity. Well, he's nowhere near a globalist, so I can't see him in one meeting turning around and buying into the to the old boys club. No, and I don't think he's the kind of guy that can be blackmailed. Right. No, I I, I would agree with that for sure. He will, he'll say, you know what, pretty much everything else has been said and, you know, revealed about me, some true, some not, you know, go ahead. Expose whatever you want to expose. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't kidding. I didn't even know he was really alive anymore because one of my earliest memories was the him in the news with the Nixon government. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah the, the Watergate thing was uh, big when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. I took up one whole summer of television. Pretty much. So that's yeah. how I know the name. You never forget the guy that caused, you know, no cartoons to be on that day. Yeah, well, and I remember it's the year I taught my little brother to play Barbie dolls. <laughs> yeah, he would really love for me to say that, wouldn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to have to send them a link to this one. We made a whole house out of paper cups. <laughs> nice. Furniture, <laughs> all sorts of things. Yeah, he finally got a G.I. Joe, you know, to, to be Barbie's boyfriend, I guess. I don't know. But anyway... That's that. That's how I always remember Watergate Summer. We had this big porch, and we made it into you know that was before Barbie had pink houses right. you could go buy. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> we had a whole porch. It was you know Barbie's mansion with her furniture and accessories made out of uh, paper cups. Yeah, you did whatever you had to do to not. Yeah really watch any of that on TV. Right. She might have had a Lincoln Log sofa. I'm not really sure. But anyway, <laughs> that's my memory of Watergate. You know, it's like we said before, Trump is fighting two shadow governments. He's fighting this one we've been talking about today, the old boys club that is a fraternity that actually exists on both sides of the aisle, you know, Moderate Democrats, Republicans have all in the past been part of this old boys club, you know, and they're all globalists. And like we brought up the other day, Obama, you know, upset the apple cart, but he, he was also a globalist. So they didn't class as much as one might think because of that that common denominator there, globalism, the new world order, pretty much everything else they did. Nevertheless, you have this shadow government and then you have the Obama shadow government. Right. Now, I also had a little thought that maybe Kissinger is there on behalf of Obama's? Mm, I don't know. Is there any association to... To the OFA? I haven't seen any, and I would suspect it would be just the opposite. But, you know, politics makes strange bed partners. Yeah. You just, uh, you know, you just. 
you never don't know. know until you know. You know, but it would be interesting to keep an ear in the media just to see if Kissinger does begin mentioning anything to do with. Well, and you have to admit, sometimes Trump will just throw everybody off, and he may invited him in because he kind of likes to play games. Well, it'll be interesting to see for sure. I don't think, I mean, we could probably come up with a hundred theories. No, and there's no greater game than politics. So, you know, you're right. It can, it can be several things. I, I think the first most obvious is that he's from the old boys club. They're sending him in as kind of a, a, a diplomat to the White House or maybe with warnings. But you're right. Sometimes the most obvious is not exactly it. When sometimes it's also could be planned to throw you off that way. Oh, sure. Sure. But it'd be interesting. I mean, this is the first time he's his name has showed up in the in the news in a long time. So Exactly. And you know, let's let's face it, the world changes, people change. He might be a Trump supporter. He might no longer be a globalist. Right. We just don't know. But something to keep an ear out and check up on. And like I said, you know, that that populist movement is a lot about taking care of family, community, nation, world. You know, the world's down at the end. It's kind of like adopting kids. There are many of us that believe that adopting kids from the United States is a great idea. Not because kids from China or Russia are bad, but because we have kids here that need it. And sometimes it's flashy to get a kid from someplace else. But who's going to take our children? I mean, I don't see people in China and Russia adopting our children that do not have parents and homes. So where does the trade-off come? I think that's exactly how Trump looks at the globe. You know, we take care of our people first. We'll help you out. But, you know, we're going to take care of ourselves first. And by the way, you can create your own government. We'll even give you the handbook. You can become Canada or the United States. We don't have the market cornered on it. You know, a republic, a democracy, where people are, for the most part, eating decently and um, the economy is moving along. And we we don't, you know, I guess it's arguable, but we don't subscribe to things like Sharia law and unusual punishment. You know, we, we make mistakes, but, you know, for the most part, all people are created equal and anybody can do it any country you can say hey wait a minute we want something better and oftentimes the united states and i pretty much think canada is the same way says if you want to become a democracy or a republic we'll help you out you know we're probably not going to do it for you but we'll help you out And the United States has never been one to take over other countries. Hmm, that could be debatable. I really don't think so. I mean, mean, we might do it for a short time, but we don't 
claim them and make them a part of us. Well, here's my point. Okay. We've, we've talked about multiple different groups in the shadow government. Right. And the what are those guys doing? You know, I'm sure they have a shadow government, the other countries. Yeah. If, if you've got more than one, I'm sure they have at least one. A shadow government, I, I think, exists in every country. Perhaps so. Well, we can agree there. Yeah. And we don't always agree. But life's a journey and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, everybody. Thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.